friends if you're tuning in right now to listen to open lines with holly and mark you've actually stumbled upon the first night of our new scheduling exciting right (laughs) it means what that means is that tonight we're going to be listening to an episode of hobo safe camps virtual campfire see we're changing things up a bit here at open lines radio um and i'm kind of being forced to do it by circumstance more than uh, actually uh, any other reason I'm working a lot right now, and um, the schedule's going to probably change again here in the next few weeks, so be be fluid with me, friends. Uh, be water. This thing, we're going to surf this thing out, we're going to get it to where it needs to, where it will finally settle down, but right now there's a lot of shit going on in the background that I have to take care of, but I still, we're still making it happen, we're still bringing it out when we can. I think it's going to be better in the long run, actually. Um, that's at least what I'm uh, going with right now, so... Open Lines with Holly and Mark. It's, you're still going to be able to hear it. It's going to be now, we will be airing on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. And this is actually a good thing. This means that if you're on the East Coast, you don't have to stay up so late to catch us live. That means 10 p.m. on the East Coast. So Thursday nights, burn that into your memory, friends. Thursday nights, open lines, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Um, Monday mornings, starting tomorrow... Uh, you'll be able to hear the Monday mixtape, 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. That's in the morning, tomorrow morning, the Monday mixtape. And that means you get to listen to it on your way into work, uh, or you can listen to it whenever you want through the day, start your week off right, instead of staying up late to listen to music. I mean, I think a lot of people are just listening to it the next morning anyway, so whenever you can listen to it, but it will air live Monday mornings, 7 a.m. So, let's recap. Sunday nights. You're here tonight. It's Sunday night now. Virtual campfire, 9 p.m. Pacific. Monday mornings, the Monday mixtape, 7 a.m. Pacific. Thursday nights, the open lines with Holly and Mark, 7 p.m. Pacific. It's a lot. I know it's a lot. It's all on the website. It's all on Instagram. I know you'll be able to find it. If you're following me on Instagram, you won't be able to not know. You know how the way I post. Excuse me. So, speaking of open lines on Thursday, we're going to be talking about UFOs, extraterrestrials, alien abduction slash contacts. It should be really fun. I hope you tune in. And if you'd like to be a guest, if you've had any kind of contact with UFOs, extraterrestrials, or aliens of any kind, um, or you've witnessed it, or you know some stories your friend has, um, reach out to me on Instagram, at Art Bell is Dead, and let's uh, get you on. 
Thursday night, and let's talk about it. And also, if you'd like to host a show on Open Lines, let me know about that too. We're working with a couple different people right now. Uh, we're developing some ideas, turning some ideas into shows, um, trying to expand our programming and bring you a wider variety of voices and ideas, so please reach out. But tonight, this episode tonight of Virtual Campfire originally aired on July 10th. In this episode, we were joined by Nikki Garner for just a freaking great discussion. Um, What I've really loved about listening to all of these podcast episodes is that even though they were recorded two years ago, the words that they spoke, these guests spoke then, are still so relevant today. It's almost like they were so in the moment back then that they didn't even realize how their words were ahead of their time and how the, the vibration that came out then needs to transcend time. So let's transcend time and let's listen to it again because they're really important words. And I can't really explain it except to say that you just have to listen and see what I mean. So let's get this show on the road, shall we? You all hear my voice enough. You're all going to hear my voice enough. It's out there. Please join Holly and myself on Thursdays. Join me tomorrow. Um, But this Open Lines Radio is about bringing you as many different voices as possible. So that's what we're going to do. So pick up the tin can telephone that is somehow able to cut through all the shit of daily life to transmit to you a vibration of love. Put it up to your ear and listen. Nikki Gardner, ramble on. I'm just a rambling hobo. I ramble all along. I'm just a rambling hobo. I ramble all along. Ain't got no one to love me. No place to call my home. It's, you know, I'm one of those people where I kind of jump all over the place just because it's, even though this thing happened on this one particular night, it's kind of like this buildup of all these things that, you know, kind of compiled into this one moment. Right. That was like the moment where everything came together. Oh, yeah. It was like uh, it was like pulling uh, the world card. In that one moment, like finding <laughs> this completion, if you will. Right. And of course, that doesn't just start the moment you pull the world card. It kind of ends the moment you pull the world card, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny because I was thinking about it earlier today. And, and with this whole situation, you know, I feel like I have gone from the world and kind of transited back into the fool, where I'm in this new experience, this new feeling. Um, I feel like everything is just wide open right now. Yeah. I feel like uh, that too for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's like, I don't know what's coming. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm, I'm happy. I'm just happy to be here in this moment and this feeling and, uh, in this body. But yeah, so I guess I'll start it off. Yeah. What happened? (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) tell me everything. As funny as it sounds, it all started, or I guess completed at my best friend's wedding. Um, this individual, her and her now husband, I've, I've known both of them for most of my life, probably, you know, 13, 14 years. Um, and they are just two of the best individuals that I could hope to know. They are definitely like my family. Um, 
But as you know, through us communicating for a while over DM usually, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I was in um, an interesting uh, relationship, I guess you'll say, um, and just an interesting period in my life in general where I feel like I was constantly resisting the direction I actually needed to go in. Well, this, this relationship that you and I have been talking about, yeah. Over the course of the past, I don't know, few months anyway, that's not the same. Is that the same person that you're talking about now? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, Sorry. I'll, I'll no, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. Um, you know, it, it was it was a tricky situation just because it was long distance, and you know that was also someone I had known for most of my life, and uh, needless to say, it was definitely a karmic relationship. (laughs) Um, it was someone who definitely disappeared and reappeared. Um, and this time around, uh, probably about a year ago, you know, he popped up and always kind of with weird circumstances though, right? Absolutely. It, and it was kind of funny because at that point in my life, um, you know, I, I've been working a lot with my dreams. Um, I do a lot of dream work And I definitely have had, you know, precognitive experiences where usually I'll dream about something and it'll occur or I'll dream about people contacting me and I'll hear from them the next day or later that week. Um, And it was interesting because (laughs) in this week period, there was a three night standoff, I guess you'll say, where I was having dreams about each of my past relationships, one after the other. Ah, (laughs) working some stuff out. Yeah, sure enough. (laughs) All three of them ended up contacting me. <laughs> oh, of course they did. At you the knew same they time. would. Yeah, I knew they would. <laughs> and it was funny because I sat there and I was like cracking my knuckles being like, all right, let's get to work. Let's end this. Let's, you know, tie up the loose ends because I knew that that's what it was all about. Mm-hmm. But with him, I kind of, uh, we'll just say, <sighs> I guess I, I wasn't done yet with him. Um, and he seemed so genuine and I'm not saying he wasn't, I I think he was at the time. Um, and I'll, I'll, you know, back up and say all these people that I've been involved with, I love them dearly. I will always be there for them, but they, their position in my life just needs to be different. It does not need to be in a um, relationship context. We'll say. Right. That's Um, healthy. Yeah. It's, you know, because we're all human. <laughs> you know, we, we, sh- we all realistically do need to love each other and be there for each other, but we also need to recognize when something is unhealthy and when it no longer is um, essential to who we are at this point in our life. Right. Um, but, you know, he, he seemed genuine enough. And in my mind, I was like, you know, this, I'll, I'll give him one last chance. <laughs> like just, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. One last chance. And, um, you know, needless to say, through the course of our relationship, sooner rather than later, I definitely started getting the red flags where I was just like, oh, no, like this is a karmic relationship and this is something that just is not going to work. And I kept, you know, doing the whole bargaining thing with myself where I was just like, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, my intuition is really just fear, um, which is hard enough to deal with half of the time with having intuitive feelings because you never know exactly where it's coming from sometimes. Um, So, you know, needless to say, he he was supposed to attend this wedding with me. 
and um, he did not. <laughs> and it was it was interesting because two weeks before the wedding, I knew that he wasn't going to come. Like there was that feeling inside of me where I was just like, he's not going to come. And this is what is going to kind of be the the final straw where it's just going to be time to end things. Um, so, you know, that whole week leading up to the wedding, the experiences I, w- I was having were just so monumental. It, it almost seemed like um, fate was occurring in a weird sense. And I, I hate using that word because to me, it's such a fine line. <laughs> There's such a fine right. line. What was you, happening? When, well, uh, I'm going to bring up and is another... it something you can even put into words? <laughs> I mean, it is, but it's also funny because uh, I don't want to place too much emphasis or heaviness on it. Um, but there was an individual who uh, I actually dreamed about going to the wedding with a year prior to like before the wedding even happened. Um, and in this dream, I had no idea who this individual was. Um, I had never met them before. I just knew that this person was sitting next to me and there was this uh, strong bond or this feeling that I had for this individual. And it was some sort of bond that we shared that definitely could not be put into words. Um, You know, a lot of people would jump the gun and be like, oh, you're dreaming about your twin flame. But, you know, in my mind, I'm like, that does not exist on this plane. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, uh, I just knew that this person eventually would be important to me in my life. Uh, and probably about, you know, a couple of months after the dream, I was talking to my two friends that got married and we were on FaceTime and I see this person sitting on the porch with them. And I remember just stopping dead in my tracks and being like, holy shit, that's the guy. <laughs> had you talked about this dream before? Or was this just still? No, like I, had ta- I, had ta- I had talked to them about it um, loosely. Uh, but after I had seen him, and after he had left, of course, I like leaned in and I was like, yo, that's him. Like, that's that's <laughs> the guy. And, uh, you know, her her husband immediately his ears perked up because it was his best friend. And uh, he was just like, oh, yeah, Bobby. And I'm like, yeah, the, I, I guess, you know, that's him. That that was him. So, you know, needless to say, leading up to the wedding, I feel like it was fate in a way that the person I was, you know, involved with was not going to show up because I ended up needing to go with this other individual anyways. Right. Um, and just, you know, there were, from what I heard, there were instances where like there was a scare where he wasn't going to be able to come and ended up working out. And, uh, you know, from the moment I met him, there was just that weird bond there. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not jumping the gun. I'm not calling it love. I'm not, calling it whatever, but I do, I do feel like this person is part of my family. You, you, um, you are actually though, you know, paying attention. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm paying attention to the obvious blatant connection that must exist there. Um, because I do feel like this individual is meant to teach me a lot and I, I don't necessarily know what that is yet, but I'm fine with that. Um, and you know, it's just one of those things that I guess I'm going to, we'll make it up as we go along. Yeah, um, you don't know where what his actual role is in the grand scheme of things, but you do know there's a role. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you know, 
it, there was little things that just occurred, uh, synchronicities, if you will. Um, and the day of the wedding, you know, as we're going from the house that we were getting ready in, driving up to the barn, um, the sky was getting dark and, you know, there were kind of a little few raindrops here and there. And I remember looking at the sky and kind of seeing thunder and lightning. And I recalled a tarot poll that I did probably about a week before the wedding that pretty much told me, you know, how things were going to go anyways. Um, but I remember pulling the tower card. And in that one moment, I remember knowing that this was going to be a monumental experience where my foundation was going to crumble. And everything that I thought I knew or that I thought I believed was going to change that day. And um, it did. And it did. Because you were it open did. to it. Yeah, I was. Um, but, you know, we can chalk it up to just being there and being a part of something where there was so much unconditional love that you could you could feel it so strongly. It, it was such an intense and magical experience. And I remember looking at them and looking at the bond and the love that they share for each other. And I mean, I always, I always have known it's been there just from knowing them, but it was in that moment that I was like, what am I doing? Like, why am I sacrificing so much of myself for this person who I'm not going to say doesn't love me, but definitely would not make the sacrifices that these two have made for each other. Right. Isn't making you happy. Exactly. Um, and isn't making himself happy either, I don't think. Ex no, 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 no. He definitely, um, he has a lot, he has a lot of work to do. Uh, and it's, it's definitely work that he needs to do on his own. Um, and it's work that he, you know, through the talks that we had had over the past year, it was work that he was not willing to do and he was not ready to do. And that's fine because mm -hmm. that's not that's not my burden to carry. Right. Um, but you're so mature. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, it's like when you're a caregiver, you know, I'll uh, I'll go ahead and say that I'm, I'm a lot like the the Queen of Cups in Tarot. You know, I I want to help people. I want to heal people. And that was a big part of my realization at the wedding was that oftentimes the relationships that I had been in it was more so about me healing them and not necessarily about being in a partnership where there was equal give and take. Right. So it was a lot of, um, of my energy being drained and a lot of just trying and trying and trying and trying and not getting anywhere. And, uh, it, it was a big wake up call in that moment where I was just kind of flabbergasted by the whole thing. And, I mean, I'll tell you right now, I spent probably a good two weeks after that wedding. I didn't watch anything. I wasn't listening to music. I would just come home and sit and just kind of mull over the experience and the things that I had gained from it. And I was I was just kind of blown away. Um, you know, I know the universe provides and I know it's a very um, it can be it can be a very wonderful experience that the universe can give you or it can be a very um, problematic one that you have to find a solution to. Um, I know it doesn't mean to ever hurt you. It just wants to push you to figure things out. Absolutely. Yes. Um, now this, yeah. this new guy, did he have similar experiences that does he, did he feel this certain this gravity toward you or is he just like, you know, 
like most guys, <laughs> just, huh? What? Oh, we're here. I, cool. <laughs> yeah. I kind of, that's why I just wanted to start laughing. Uh, you know, when it, I, I don't mean any harm against the, uh, all the males out there, but I mean, <laughs> you guys, you guys aren't exactly what I would call a naturally spiritually in tune. Um, it, it takes a while to really um, get you guys to open up most of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're definitely the more sensitive types who are more than open to talk about their feelings and discussions. But um, yeah, we did, you know, we kind of discussed things after the wedding a little bit and, you know, he, he does feel some sort of natural, um, we'll call it a connection or just bond. Um I will say he does, he, of course, he finds it very strange that I dreamt about him and most people would, and most people that I've interacted with who I have had dreams about, uh, they find it very weird and they don't really know how to feel about it, especially (laughs) when it comes true. Um, but you know, I'm okay with that. I've always lived on the fringe. I'm used to being the weirdo. I'm used to kind of being the oddball. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, He's he's wonderful in his own right, and I, I like what he brings to the table. I I like the fact that um, you know, we'll say that he's not openly overly emotional because I feel like that's always the type that I've dealt with. Yeah, that's. Pro- um, I was just gonna say that's probably a good thing. Yeah, it's a nice balance, but but most of all, I just kind of like he's a fun guy. You know, like yeah. he he likes to have fun. He seems very grounded. Um, he's very. Uh, I don't, I'm trying to look for the word. He, um, he's, he's just a gentle dude. Like he, you can tell that there's just something very Zen about him. And I know he probably has a lot going on inside as most guys do. Uh, but he, he just carries himself well. Well, it's like kind of what we were just talking about with the old guy where he's not really in, he's not into making you happy and he's not into making himself happy. It sounds like this person's a little bit more in tune with what happiness is. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And I think that's what I I find really endearing about him. Um, you know, he likes the quiet life and that's, that's something I can admire greatly. Um, and he also likes to have fun. So it's the best of both worlds. (laughs) Right on. So you're moving to California. Yeah. Uh, you know, from what me and my uh, friend Sarah have talked about, uh, we're, we're gearing it towards the end of December. It might be sooner depending on certain things that may or may not happen in life. But, um, you know, I, I, I couldn't be happier and I couldn't be more excited because I feel like I'll just back up a little bit and I'll say that I was supposed to move out to California before this individual stepped into my life, the old guy. Um, that was but something he, that I was, he kept, you stayed, well, maybe you just weren't ready yet to be yeah, out here. Yeah, maybe, maybe, um, and that's, you know, like, I, I don't consider any experience bad experience. Like, bad things can happen. It can be disruptive. It can be, like, emotionally draining. But it, it's an experience nonetheless. And it's what we're here in life to do. We're, we're meant to have these experiences. And, and we're meant to learn from them. Because they show us so much, not only about the human condition, but about ourselves. Right. Yes. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, it's true. It, it took me, I'm not going to, I wasn't always like this. <laughs> um, I was definitely not always like this. Um, you know, I, I, of course, when I was younger, I definitely had a little more uh, angst towards life. 
and the the woe is me complex but um the older you, know, you get the the more you know you can't control so you just let it go exactly especially you know? when you especially when you experience you know like death and loss and and a lot of those things really open you up or at least me um opened me up to the greater experiences that can occur not only in the physical but in the spiritual side of life as well um yeah it's it's yeah. been it's been crazy it's 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 been wild you you're a you're i know i know like we've been talking for a while so i know how you're into dreams and it's crazy to me the things <laughs> that you could that that you could even remember what a face looks like in your dream because my dreams are so abstract <laughs> and kind of blurry when i get up and i just kind of blend into everything but it's like how long have you been work, working with dreams it's like it you just seems like you're really in tune. You know, I um, I'm gonna say probably about three or four years. I've consciously been working with them, but I've always had experiences with my dreams. You know, since I was a child. Do you keep like uh, a dream journal, or is it just a natural thing you have where you can remember? When I when I first started. Uh, really wanting when I first sat there and said, Oh, you know, there's something more to this. That's when I would wake up in the middle of the night, immediately write them down until it got to the point to where I guess I had trained myself to really pay attention and to be really conscious within my dream world. Um, which was not an easy task. Um, and you know, sometimes same as you, uh, things are very jumbled and they don't make a lot of sense. And once I watch the dream play out, I'm like, oh, that's what that meant. Or, oh, that that's where that little, you know, symbol or that thing that popped up. That's that's why it was there. Um, but, you know, I. Um, I can my perspectives are really interesting in dreams. I can usually smell things, taste things, uh, feel things. And I guess being um, able to recognize which dreams are signs and which dreams are. Just oh, kind of yeah, random babble in your head. <laughs> exactly. That that took a while. That took a while. Yeah. Um, but it's it's definitely gotten easier over the years. Um, and usually the more the more senses I can use within my dreams, that that's usually my my sign. Like that's me being like, okay, like this is this is something that's going to happen soon, or you know, maybe not soon. I mean, it took a year for the dream about the wedding to even play out. Um, right, that's patience. Yeah, that, that was patience. That was that was a lot of patience. That's why you needed um, these other things going on in your life to keep you occupied while that played out. Distractions, if you will. You can blame your friend for taking so long to get married. Oh, I know. She should have pushed oh, that man. wedding up and, and set things into action sooner. I know, <laughs> I know. But, you know, everything has its own divine yeah. timing. Everything definitely has its own divine timing. It's crazy. It's crazy. So you were saying how you, you used to be kind of angsty. What would you think? Like, what was the, where was the point where like you let go of your your self doubt and and kind of uh, like can... realized who you were and and realized I... the gifts. Oh, okay. Well, that, okay. That's a little more. Cause I was about to say, mm, it can be, it can be attributed to a couple of things. Uh, 
one of which, you know, I'm more than open to talk about, but it's, I guess, a little more on the taboo side. Um, I guess when I became more aware of energy and the concept of, uh, we'll call it alternate underlying worlds was definitely through use of um, psychedelics and through working with those a lot. Okay. Um, it's not necessarily something I, I work with anymore, but... Um, well, you don't really need to. They're not something you need to... Uh... Yeah, no, not at all. Experience not, on the regular. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that I, I trip out on life enough <laughs> at this point. Um, but I, I will say when I, when I really started coming into acknowledging my ability would be um, probably after the loss of my biological father. Um, that was a very... I mean, it was... It was a very heavy time. Um, because yeah, let's there talk was... about that for a while, because I know that if you want to, because I know that's, yeah. that's something that in our discussions through the past year or so always comes up. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's one of those things that I know I'm going to be working with for a long time, uh, because there is so much uh, emotions and things that I attributed to him not being around that definitely affected who I was growing up. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll start with the experience of, um, you know, I never met him. And, uh, at the time that he contacted me, I was 23 years old. Um, I'm about to be 28. So, you know, it's roughly four or five years ago. Uh, and it was right after the loss of a really, um, dear friend of mine that was unexpected and uh, it was probably about a week after his funeral, I received this really long letter in the mail from my father. Hmm. And I immediately, I think it's because I was still dealing with the loss of my friend and grieving that, that I became very angry. Um, because in my mind, I was like, oh, of course you would contact me now. <laughs> well, what, what, is, what was he saying? Was he just saying... Uh, Saying what up, or did he want to meet meet you, or he, you know, he wanted he wanted to meet me, um, but he also was going through his own personal loss. He had just lost his wife to cancer, um, and and I I empathized with that. It's not that I didn't empathize with his loss. Um, I actually, even just holding the letter, it was like I could feel that intent. Like I I could just feel the intense pain and the grief that he was experiencing. And I can only imagine what it would be like losing a spouse, um, you know, uh, alongside, you know, losing a child it, it, or a parent, right. probably the greatest loss you can experience. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, he, that, I believe that definitely triggered him to um, want to make amends or seek out, you know, just, just wanting to have, that forgiveness or that connection since he had lost something so great to him. Um, but yeah, in his letter, he, you know, was talking to me about that. Um, he was, you know, kind of going back in time and apologizing for the things that he didn't do and the, you know, not being there. And, um, you know, it, it was really hard for me to accept <laughs> because I, I, there, it, it definitely made that angry little child in me come up mm -hmm. and rear its ugly head because I wanted to be like, oh, you know, 
now that you're experiencing some kind of loss, like you want me to be there for you. Right. Right. Um, I think that's the natural reaction. Yeah. And it was, it was so angry. I was so (laughs) angry. Um, it's kind of, now that I look back on it, I feel so foolish for how angry I was because it's anger is such a blinding thing. Mm -hmm. Um, it really takes over your entire being and it makes you not see very clearly. Um, but you know, I, I think what triggered me to become even more angry was within the letter, you know, he was telling me that if I didn't meet him, that I would regret it for the rest of my life and that I would, you know, it, it would be like something that I would be doing to hurt myself. Suddenly, suddenly he knew what was best for you. Exactly. And that, and of (laughs) course that even made, you know, that pushed me to be even more and just the anger intensified at that point because I was like, Oh, you know, where have you been? You have no right to tell me what is good and what is not good for me. Um, and then of course, bitterness gave way and in my mind I was like it was that vengeance aspect where I was just like no like since you were never there for me like I'm not going to be there for you um I didn't contact him I never wrote him back um he definitely tried he continued trying to pursue um trying to meet me and then probably about eight or nine months later um my mom sits me down and tells me that he has contacted her and let her know that he has stage four lung cancer. And, you know, my, my immediate reaction was like, are you sure? Because the stories that I had heard about him, not only through my mother, but through my extended family was that he was a very manipulative individual. Um, he would, he would definitely do whatever it took to make something happen. Right. Um, So me knowing the grief that he was going through and kind of just the things that that can trigger and the things that it can make you do, um, I was very hesitant in believing that that was the case. Um, And, you know, my mom just kept looking at me and she was like, no, this is this is for real. And she was like, you know, he's not taking chemotherapy. Um, He's he's got, you know, maybe I think at that point it was four months. I think he had. Um, and so she was like, you need to figure out what you're going to do. So, uh, I, um, I had to sit down and really think about what was important at that point and really think about, you know, would I regret it? Would, if I did never meet him, would that cause me more pain or would meeting him cause me more pain? And it was something that I fought about with myself for a really long time. Um, and realistically, I'll never forget the day that I woke up and I made the decision and I said, okay, today's the day. Like today, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to contact him and I'm going to, I'm going to do this because, you know, I, I, at that point I understood that I would regret it if I didn't. Um, and that realistically we both deserved answers on a certain level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe he needed to see that, that I was fine, or maybe he just needed to see what his daughter became. Um, and coincidentally, it was the same day that, um, my mother and I, she wanted me to, um, sit with her 
because she was going to be getting a reading from a medium because she wanted to contact her father. And so, you know, we go to do this thing and I'm sitting with her and the medium starts, you know, going through the whole channeling process. And he was like, you know, who do you want to talk to? And she was like, you know, I'd like to talk to my father. And he was like, okay, just give me a minute. And he sits there and he makes this weird face. And he was like, I, I'm not too sure who this individual is because he's not letting me see his face. And he was like, but this does not, he was like, I'm not getting the sense that this is your father. And he was like, but it's someone who knows you. And it's someone who definitely wants to come forward with something important to say. And I remember being really confused for a minute because I was just like looking over at my mom thinking like, wow, who else have you lost in life that like is so important that they'd want to come forward? And um, he looks at her and he just goes, this person is showing me two images of himself like a mirror image and he was like he just keeps putting this emphasis on this mirror image and it was at that moment where it hit me so hard where I just looked up and I said holy shit that's my dad <laughs> because my whole life whenever I asked my mom what my dad looked like she would just look at me and say just go look in a mirror she was like you're 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 practically twins and um as soon as I looked up and I said that my mom just bursted into tears and the medium looked at me and was like, you know, can you tell me his name? And I was like, his name's James. And then he just like shook his head and he started going through the whole process of um, sharing these memories of the last time that my father had seen me, which I was four years old and I don't really have any clear recollection of it, but my mother did. Um, and, you know, I was so, I think at that moment I was so bewildered, um, kind of confused, uh, surprised and, and in disbelief a little bit for a second, just because, you know, I, I always believed in, I guess, other worlds, alternate dimensions, realities, whatever you want to call it. But I think it's just because I had never personally experienced it. Mm -hmm. Um, it was something that really took me, took me back. It really caught me off guard. And, uh, you know, after everything was said and done, um, you know, I looked at my mom and I was like, how long have you known? And she was just like, he's, he passed away about a month ago. And she was like, I, I didn't want to tell you because I knew at that point in my life, I was already going through so much, um, you know, other things in life that you know, were causing me a great deal of depression. And, um, she just didn't have the heart to tell me at that point. And, uh, sure enough, after that, I've, I've had some, uh, weird experiences where, um, I definitely can say that my father has shown up in my dreams. Um, and I, I still, to this day, I have no idea what he looks like. Uh, but within my dreams, he, um, he doesn't necessarily show himself fully but it's, I know it's him um, because I can still feel, I don't want to say that he, he hasn't let go, but I, I think it's because I haven't let go because I'm still dealing with um, working through that process of letting go of my own personal pain. Right. Um, because uh, realistically, he, you know, 
he ended up taking his own life. Um, so I, I took on a really large portion of that guilt with me. Yeah. Um, because in my mind, you know, I did, I did what everybody does. What would it have happened? Like, would it have happened if I, if I would have reached out, um, would he have still done it? If I would have just done this or done that, uh, would it have changed the outcome? And, and realistically, you know, I have come to a point in life where I realize that I don't think there's anything I could have done. Even if I did reach out to him and, and did create a relationship with him, I think, I think he was the type of man who wanted to be in control of his own life. Right. And I think, I, I don't think he would have wanted to go out through the pain of cancer. I think he still naturally probably would have taken his own life. Um, right. So yeah, that, that was really the beginning of where I really sat down and started paying attention to the fact that the world is, is not, exactly what it seems I, I was i was not expecting that story <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm, okay, well, I'm sorry. glad you told it that's wow wow so, so yeah definitely um you know it, it it literally changed my life it changed my perception um it, it really changed everything um yeah and I, I just, I started, I will say I went a little, I went a little, uh, <laughs> I was riding the wave on the fringe for a while because I became so obsessed with contacting him and with working through that process. Right. Um, that I definitely, uh, we'll just say I tried to spend a lot of time not in this reality. <laughs> uh, I, I tried doing a lot of dream work. I tried you know, astral projection. I, I tried everything. I, I, you know, deep meditation. Um, just try uh, to contact him yeah, or contact yes. anything on the, just that touch taste with the other side was, were you looking for whatever was out there or were you were looking for him in particular? I, I spent a lot of time looking for him and I, I, I will say that I definitely ran into other things that I did not expect. Um, not very good things, which definitely blew my mind. Um, because I was such a, <laughs> I was such a novice, you know, I didn't, I didn't really understand the gravity of, of what I was trying to do. Right. And I wasn't taking the proper precautions. I wasn't protecting myself. Um, and I, I definitely had some terrifying experiences uh, that did, you know, make me perk up my ears a little bit and be like, all right, back up a little bit, like do your research, you know, learn to protect yourself a little better. Did you feel in danger at times? Uh, you know, or more I, just an unsettling. It was unsettling because um, when I would experience, we'll call it darker, heavier energy that definitely manifested into forms that <laughs> I personally I don't. You know, I'm a uh, I'm a fan of scary films. Uh, there are things that I saw that had definitely not been expressed physically in this reality through any creative means <laughs> that I've seen. Um, but yeah, I've um, there were only two times that I felt like I was actually in danger that had to deal with. Uh, most people will call it sleep paralysis. What I was experiencing was definitely not sleep paralysis. <laughs> <laughs> 
but it, it was terrifying to say the least. Um, and I really started trying to pay attention to what I was doing um, and backing away when it came to astral projection, definitely backing away from doing that because I, I don't think that I am, uh, I don't think that's my, my gig. <laughs> I, don't yeah, think yeah. I don't think that's what I'm supposed to be doing. So I backed away from that entirely. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. It's, you know, there's some heavy shit out there and I know it's there, but <laughs> I don't need to see it <laughs> to, to know it's there, you know? Absolutely. So Absolutely. We'll take those uh, those lighter pathways. Absolutely, and to anybody else out there who who can deal with it and who can do it, I mean, bravo! Oh, like, absolutely. Kud- kudos <laughs> to you, man, because it's it's a little too much for And me. someday, someday, you know, you might be ready for it. Yeah, someday I might, but you know, right now I think I'll deal with uh, healing others, and then right, I'll, I'll right. work on I'll work on healing those things, those, those energies on the other side. Well, there's a lot to be said for manifesting in this plane as well. You know, you can get, mm-hmm. you can get to that dream world and you can play there, but like you're really powerful or, you know, you're, you're really a magician if you can make that stuff happen in the physical world. Exactly. Make exactly. your dreams manifest. Yeah. Make your dreams come true, I guess. <laughs> um, but see, that's all, that's also the tricky thing to me about, um, it's the question of, are you experiencing pre precognitive things or are you making them happen? Like there's, right. there's that weird thing for me that I'm still trying to figure out. It's like, okay, am I, are my thoughts like, am I bringing these thoughts into reality or are these thoughts somehow a, we'll say a warning to me or it's just something that, that I'm aware of or that I know before it occurs. And that's, that's still kind of what I'm working on. The vibration of the event preceding it. Yes, exactly. Well, you still, you still have the ability to tap into it. So whether or not you're actually making it happen or not, you know, being aware that it's coming makes it so that you kind of get out of its way and let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we get, tend to get in our own way a lot. Oh, I I definitely do. Um, especially in the beginning when I started, consciously working with dreams I, I definitely got in my own way a lot because um I had the trouble of seeing what I wanted to see and making something be what I wanted it to be instead of paying attention to what it was right um and that was you know that was interesting to work through <laughs> yeah that's so cool so so what else what else what's going on like what are you doing now? What's, uh, what's your, what, what are, are you still, you're, you've kind of moved beyond dreams. I think that's just kind of a second nature thing for you. What, what, what's the thing that you're, you're working on that you haven't quite mastered yet that you're, you're into that. Uh, my, down my the con- road, you'll be a master right now. You're still working on it. Um, consciously having precognitive, uh, things occur. Um, where I'm literally, uh, we'll call it kind of being tranced out. Um, I will say that, uh, it's really easy for me to get tranced out when it comes to listening to music. I I don't exactly know what it is. It's, it's either that or driving. Um, it's, it's almost like I leave my body for a minute and, um, it's like, I, I call them mind movies. Um, it's like just watching this thing and happen in front of my eyes and, you know, Sure enough, it'll usually 
play out that way. Um, that's that's kind of what I'm working with now, just because, like I said earlier, it's really hard to differentiate. Um, I guess we'll say consciously tapping into something and, and whether or not it's just a daydream. Well, I think I think it's you've got your intuition is in your empathetic uh, vibration. I don't know. I think you're really in tune. And so I think the, these you're, I think what's happening is you're picking up the vibration of these events to come and you're able to visualize them before they happen so that you're kind of you kind of get a practice run in so that when things are happening, it's almost like you've been there before. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Um, uh, it makes me kind of just that phrase like you've been there before. Um, I feel like. Sometimes in my mind, I feel like that's what my whole life is. My whole life is this constant feeling of I've been here before, um, you know, which can somehow sometimes it makes me a little restless um, right? and a little bored uh-huh. <laughs> just because it's like, you know, what do you do when you know what's coming? Like, that's when you start getting in your own way. Well, what if I do this? And <laughs> what if I do this? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Add some spice. Um, but yeah, I um, you know, right now I'm I'm working with that and and I I honestly really um that was part of the the big moment with the realization of me needing to be in California with my best friend Sarah is, you know, when she and I are together I can't explain it. You know, it it can be a past life thing. It it can be whatever you want to call it, but there's something about she and I when we're together where it's like magic really does happen. Um, we are so in tune with one another on such a deep level. Um, and I really do feel like my, my place in life, uh, you know, for right now and, and probably my whole life. Cause I've, I've really always felt this way about her is that I, I belong with her. Like wherever she is, is somewhere that I need to be because realistically she is someone who always has my best interest at heart. And she is somebody who always pushes me um, to become more than what I am. And uh, I know it's important for us to do that for ourselves, but it's really great when you do have somebody in life that that is your cheerleader, that really supports you and cheers you on. And I just, um, you know, I, I think that I now know the path that I'm at least supposed to be walking down. I don't know where it's going, uh, but I, I really can't wait to see what happens. And, and it's the first time in my life that I literally have been happy to be the fool. Yeah. Just um, no idea what's happening next. Just exactly. But taking just going the steps. With it. Yeah. Just going with it. And, and it's such a comforting, it's really a comforting feeling. I feel like, you know, I, I, used to be kind of a control freak and, and I, I always wanted to make sure that I knew what was going on around me and I wanted to know what was going to happen and how it was going to play out. And, and right now in life, I'm just satisfied to be here um, and, and to take in what I, whatever I can learn. It's really interesting to hear you say that because it's like, I think a lot of people, I know I am too. It's just like, Kind of, it's it's almost a, a I would I want to call it a surrender because like that kind of sounds like a failure, but it's more of a, a just 
a, a, a letting go of, of negative behaviors, I guess, or, or, or just like, I think it's just stopping getting in our own way. And we're just like, forget it, man. What, whatever happens, happens. And I don't have any idea what I'm doing tomorrow. I don't have any idea what's going to happen in the next hour. And that's okay. Exactly. Exactly. It's, um, and, then, and suddenly there's this happiness that you would think there would be anxiety and, oh, no, <laughs> what are, exactly, without everything but planned, but there's not. It's this freedom. It is, and, and it literally it, – it bubbles. It bubbles forth out of you, and it, it really – it's contagious. Like I've, I've noticed the change in my physical, emotional, and mental body where it's just like when I'm around people now, there there is no stress and – and there really is no, um, I mean, I still feel fear from time to time, but, you know, the greatest thing we can ever do is feel the fear and do it anyway. Right. <laughs> because realistically, you know, fear is like that little monkey on our back that just, it wants to bug us and it wants to hold us back from doing what we need to do. Um, and I'm, I, yeah, surrendering is it's a beautiful thing. It really is. And I, I never thought I would know what that felt like. And I'm, I've been reading your cards for a long time, so I'm pretty yeah. in tune with you. And so I'm just going to say this and it might not be true or not, but this is what's coming to my mind right now where has, has, have you felt also this freedom from like having to like force who you are, like having to be who you are and kind of force your, other people's perspective of who you are, like, like maybe in the past it was like, this is who I am. You need to, ex this, this anxiety and also this insistence on people accepting you as who you are and how you want people to accept you as. And now it's like, think whatever you want of me. I don't care. I don't care if you like me. I don't, I don't, I no longer even want to tell you about myself. I don't, I don't, there's, I, I let you talk and, and you just let every, and there's, there's no longer this pushing of, your self and your labels on other people. It's just, I'm just here. I don't know. I don't know if I said that right. Cause it's just kind of coming out of nowhere. Much better. No, that writing, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that that is 100, 110% perfect explanation because it really is. I, I just don't give a shit. Like I don't, I don't care anymore about what people think or how they perceive me. And, and I really did for a long time. I felt like I had to constantly explain myself. And I had to constantly be like, I know I sound crazy, but like, you really need to understand that this is, you know, this is why I feel this way, or this is, you know, why I am the way that I am. But now it's just to the point where it's like, I really don't care. Right. Um, you know, if you love me, that's great. If, if you don't understand me, that's okay too. <laughs> like there's, there's not a problem with that. Um, you really, all I can do at least is, you know, give you unconditional acceptance and love regardless of what you're going to give me in return because right. really it's it's not a, it's just not important um it's i could really important. hear that release even though this is really the first time we've ever spoken i can just hear that re that release it's a recent release i can hear it in your voice that just the, the lightness <laughs> of your voice where it's just like i don't i don't it makes it easier to accept others because it's just like Whatever you think of me, I don't care. I'm not going to take it personal. It really does. It really does. And I and I have even found myself in situations where, you know, um, I, I could have taken things a lot more personally, and, and I just didn't. 
because in my mind I was just like, okay, if that's the way you feel, like that's fine. Yeah. You know, that that's okay. I'm not going to try to to take you in another direction or or try to convince you. I'm not going to try to convince you who I am. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't you don't believe who I am? Whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't I don't know why that just popped into my head. I could just hear it in your voice. If I was reading your cards, I would have told you that. No, it's great. I was going <laughs> to say you've you've always um there are even things where I caught myself uh, thinking about certain readings that you gave me where I felt like you were giving me a heads up and you were like, hey, you're going in the wrong direction. Hey, like this, you know, pay attention. And I felt like I was kind of ignoring it or wanting it to be something else. And, uh, you know, I, I will say that you, first of all, I think you're a very in tune person in general. Um, I always love, I love reading anything that you write because you really do have such a way with words. You, you are, I don't know, there's, there's something in your writing where it's just, it's always beautiful and it's always, um, it's felt very deeply. Thanks. It's felt very deeply. Your, I like reading for you because the channel, my channel, my channel has taken this turn recently. It's been very strange. I, I used to be uh, all love and light and, and you know, and all of a sudden, <laughs> now it's like, you got to tell this person that their shit stinks. <laughs> and how do you yeah. do that nicely? But for you, I, that channel never holds back. So I like it's like, oh, good, I'm getting a read for Nikki because that means I don't have to sugarcoat anything. <laughs> I can just yeah. <laughs> but I love it because that is something that I do appreciate and love about reading cards for others as well. Is um, I I really love how tarot does not hold back. Um, yeah. it really doesn't. It'll it'll call you on your shit. And, uh, you know, as I, as often as I've told people, especially if they have specific questions, I, I, I warn them beforehand and I'm like, look, you can ask the cards, whatever you want to ask them, they're going to tell you what you need to hear. Mm -hmm. Like they, they may not answer the question that you, that you've asked, but they're going to tell you what you need to know right now. You want to ask it about your future. Well, it's going to tell you how you make that happen. It's not going to just exactly. tell you what your future is and it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. <laughs> It's not because a lot of people think, you know, um, yeah, you know, some things can be set in stone, but a lot of people don't pay attention to the fact that it's it's really about conscious will and it's about the choices that you're going to make. Right. That's um, why I hate I hate reading people's futures and fortunes because then they they stop working and start waiting for it. Once once exactly. you tell somebody what's going to happen, they stop working for it and they just expect it to happen. So exactly. I like to just always kind of stay in the moment. I think you do too. Yeah, I try to. I really do. Uh, well, I mean, especially now it's it's become really easy for me to do that. I, I definitely used to be somebody who uh, it's almost like I was living in all existences at once, past, present, future. But I was really holding on to the past very strongly. Um, and you know, I think our I think going back to our past is always important because. Mm -hmm. We our, our experiences are definitely something that we have to learn from. Um, but living in the past is just not healthy and it's not, it's not where we're meant to be. And living in the future isn't healthy either. No. Um, it, it's great to visualize and to, you know, have that dream going where you want to reach this goal. But, but it's so important to be, just be in the moment because in the moment really is where the magic happens. I mean, it's life can turn on a dime. You can meet the most amazing people at, at any given time in life and you can learn so much. Absolutely. 
so I'm going to ask you a hard question. Do you, re <laughs> do you regret not having met your dad? Um, yeah, I mean, was there... he right? No, he wasn't. He, with the heaviness that he expressed it, no, he wasn't right. Um, it was kind of funny. I was having this conversation with uh, my friend Sarah the other night, the one I've been talking about so mm -hmm. much. And um, I had this strange realization, this kind of breakthrough where uh, I found myself laughing and I was like, man, my abandonment issues aren't from my dad. It's from like my extended family. Like all my issues really just it's not all his fault, you know, and mm -hmm. I spent so much time putting so much emphasis on how it was his fault. And it's, it's just, it's not, um, you know, when I think about the kind of life I could have had if he was around, I'm not too entirely sure if it would have been healthy. Right. And that's, that's something that I've really come to accept and be okay with. And, you know, I, I, I have the most wonderful mother she definitely tried to be both roles and did the best she could. And uh, she, I definitely attribute a lot to who I am from her. Like she, she is such a compassionate and loving, caring individual. And I think she really taught me a lot about looking beyond, beyond a person's exterior. You, she 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 took you to the the medium with her. Was that something that you kind of grew up with, metaphysical, or is that something she came to later? She kind of came into it around the same time that that I did. Uh, you know, she, she whenever she talks about me as a child, her favorite thing to say is like, "I always knew you were pretty weird." Like when <laughs> when you were a kid, some of the stuff you used to say and some of the things you used to tell me about that you would see. I would leave your room and just be like, oh, my God, my kid is so weird and just be like, what is going on with her? Like, what, you know, do I need to take her to a doctor? But, um, you know, as most well, some uh, I feel like a lot of parents, you know, when they look at their children, they only want to see the best. Right. So I think that even though I was strange and weird and offbeat, she, she always let me be who I wanted to be. And that's something that I, I love her so much for. She never tried to fit me into a mold. She never tried to make me um, be someone that I that I didn't want to be. She just always let me be free to just be whoever I was. Right um, on. And, she, and always accepted me for that. And I, I feel very thankful for that because I know not everybody, not everybody has that privilege with their parent. Yeah, and she sounds like she's uh, just kind of let you be who you are. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I feel like uh, we've taught each other a lot of stuff. I, I feel like our roles constantly swap. I feel like sometimes I'm the mother and she's the child. Sometimes I feel like she's the teacher and I'm the student, or I'm the teacher and she's the student. And, uh, you know, she, she has also become way more open to uh, the other side of spirituality, um, which has been, it's been very nice because um, I, I can talk to her about the weird things that right. I've experienced. So see, the right people were there. Abandonment issues <laughs> solved. Abandonment <laughs> issues solved. Oh, away with them. <laughs> yes, yes, be gone, be gone. The right people were there. You weren't abandoned. They were 
just not the right people for your life. That's the way I like to look at it. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's something that I've, I've really come into accepting and understanding. And, you know, I'm, I'm not angry at him anymore. I'm not, it's really more so of a self issue that I'm dealing with just because I do have those moments where, you know, I, I think it's the, we'll call it the healer in me where I just wish I could have kind of eased that pain a little bit. I think for that's yourself really, yeah. or for him. Both. Yeah. I think for both. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. This has been awesome. Yeah, no. It's been I, nice. Thank you. We so, should talk more often. We really should. <laughs> I was going to say thank you so much. And, you know, whenever I do move out there, um, me and Sarah definitely want to come and hang out. Hang Absolutely. out around the campfire, man. We want to, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> you got to get out here. Yeah. You'll love it. I, I will. I, I honestly can't wait. I'm, I'm very excited. So any, what else? Any other big... Big thoughts, or or did we did we squeeze them all out of you? <laughs> uh, you know, I think I think we've squeezed all everything right. we can. We That's can. what I, I tend think... to do to people. You're gonna now yeah. you're gonna go nap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I still think too that I'm I'm still digesting a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, from that experience, still, um, maybe we can revisit it at a, at a later date and time. Yeah, but, I mean, you know. but I like how that just kind of fits in. Like, there's these experiences with you where where it's like kind of these mile markers along. I think you can look back at your life and see these mile markers and get a, you know, some kind of, have some kind of peace or some kind of, um, you know, like, like, like rest assured that you're on the right, on the right path when you look back at the, the main oh, events and how they've lined up. Absolutely. That's, and, and that's something that, uh, I've found a little bit of comfort into, which is, it's, it's just nice. It's, it's overall just a nice, it's a nice feeling. It's 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 good to just feel content. That that moment when you recognize that your difficulties are really like the inspiration for like the great things in the future. It makes it makes those difficulties so much easier to bear. It really does. Those the, the catalyst for change. It's like it's like every difficulty you're going through, you no longer are like, oh man, not another one. It's now you're like, all right, what's the lesson in this one? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, it's really funny you say that because there have been maybe like one or two experiences that I've had over the past couple of weeks where um, something that should have been daunting to me uh, or, you know, should have been something that normally I would have like shied away from. I walked into it going, okay, what what is the lesson in this? Like, what is this experience means something like it's it's an important experience. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at it and said, okay, what's the lesson here? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so how do people get a hold of you, Nikki? If people uh, are listening to this and they're like, Holy shit, I gotta talk to this girl. This you know, just just DM me. Just DM me on Instagram. Nikki Nocturna. Nikki Nocturna, yeah. Um I'm always I'm always down to talk to people, man. I love I love I love people. Like I love hearing people's experiences and their stories and you know, I love connecting with individuals as long as they don't uh, abuse, <laughs> abuse the, uh, the privilege or abuse, you know, um, me being so open 
to them. That can't, that never happens. <laughs> yeah, that never happens. I feel like that's my life story right there. It's just oh, that's walk the all over me. Empath problems. <laughs> yes, empath problems for real. Oh. All right. Well, hey. When the rambling days are over and the gambling days are through. When my rambling days are over and my gambling days are through, if you tell me that you love me, I'll be coming back to you.